Hi there. Welcome to the show King Alfred's Diary, where we talk all about the history of Alfred, New York. I'm your host, Abby Sexsmith, and I'm joined here today by the wonderful university archivist here at Alfred University, Lori Lonsberry Meehan, who knows everything there is to know about the history of Alfred. Thanks, Abby. I'm happy to be here. Today, in the spirit of the season, we are going to use our pilot episode to talk about stories that relate to Alfred in winter. Would you say Alfred is a cold place? I absolutely think it's a cold place at times. <laughs> yep, I've been on campus since uh, 1987, and so I've been through a lot of winters and a lot of ice and a lot of beautiful sunshine, too. But, oh yeah, I wrap up. <laughs> it's cold. It's a cold place, yeah. Uh but do you say there are any stories that relate to all the snow we get here? Sure, there's been lots of fun uh, over the years that students, um, you know, find ways to enjoy and get out in the snow. Uh, certainly in the 19th century, there was an, um, they used to call it coasting. We would call it sledding today or tobogganing. But a lot of students would start up by the area around Susan Owl Hall and uh, coast down to Main Street. There are some older alums that still live in town and they tell stories of one uh, rode his sled to school so he lives up on Randolph Road and wow. so he talks about riding his sled down Randolph Road making the corner onto Main Street and then uh, coming to his school in the village and then another one talks about starting at the top of Jericho Hill now this is in probably in the 60s late 50s uh, early 1960s. So think of Alfred, a lot less traffic. Starting, uh, so in snow plows, we don't have quite the techniques for plowing the roads, maybe as well as we do today. Mm, yeah. So starting at the top of Jericho Hill on your sled, and the goal is to make it all the way down to Alfred Station. Wow. And is that like down the road? Or yeah, like on the road. On, on the road. Because uh, it is all downhill starting from the top, you know, and get your speed up. Um, (laughs) I don't know if anyone ever successfully made it all the way, and that would be an awfully long way to walk back up the hill. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. (laughs) That seems like fun. Yeah, they got their exercise. Um, So before the dining halls got rid of the trays, there was a whole thing, whole study done with um, the plastic trays that used to get in the dining hall like you go through the food line and put your bowls and your plates and everything right on a tray and carry it to the table well there's a lot of food waste related to that so before that um it was a thing of course you know like oh wow i want to slide down the hill you know across from aid hall before miller theater was built and go sledding but hey i didn't bring my sled to school so the trays in the dining hall they were used quite often um as as make you know (laughs) <laughs> oh, in the huh. moment, make do sleds uh, down the hill, um, but we have no trays anymore. I wonder if that's why. <laughs> um, well, certainly there was loss in the dining hall, right? You think about you know loss of products and having to replace them. Um, yeah, but yeah, but mostly it was food waste. Oh, right? there was a lot of there was so much more food being wasted on a tray because you can carry so much. Um, so it was really related to food waste. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> wow. 
it'd be cool if we could still sled like that in Alfred, but I bet the traffic would make it a little bit harder. I wouldn't dare do it today. Yeah. I wouldn't dare do it today. There used to be the town families used to always bring their kids as well to the hill um, right next to the softball field. Oh, right, but yeah. not so much anymore because the softball field, once it was built and the fencing uh, made it hard, but that was the other popular spot mm, um, yeah. for little kids to go. In the 1950s, though, um, the outing club, which we know today as the um, outdoor club or force people, they opened a ski slope on West University Street. A ski slope? Yeah, and they actually had a, a rope tow. And they um, bought a hut, like a warming hut. Um, and I think it was just like a one, you know, one slope. Um, and so that was in the 1950s. And then in the 19, early 1970s, a family, a local family, opened up what's called Happy Valley Ski Area. Uh, and that mm. is on the road to Belmont. It's the hill right across from the Alfred State Farm complex. Um, it's oh. overgrown now, but that was a very popular spot. Um, students would get off the school bus and, you know, spend time there for a couple hours after school, and their parents would come pick them up. Um, it was called Happy Valley. Uh, mm. And so that ran for at least a decade. Um, but I've talked to a number of people who have just wonderful memories of, of skiing on Happy Valley or learning to ski there. And so, yeah, you don't usually think of Alfred uh, in ski slopes. No, but, not really. Um, in our history, we've had two. Wow, that's amazing. It's too bad we got rid of them or they kind of went out. Yeah, because the closest ski scope, where, where is it? Swain, New York? Yeah, Swain would be the closest one. Yeah, it's too bad. We have a lot of hills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we can enjoy them with our um, snowshoes and cross-country skis, though. Yeah. Yeah, I like to take my snowshoes up on Pine Hill, like on the Pine Hill trails in the winter. Mm. Um, It's a great place to get your snowshoes out or borrow them from the forest people. They they, um, lend out um, equipment. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, or go to the Phillips Creek uh, area, state park area on the road um, toward Belmont, but the Phillips Creek, it's a state park parking area. They've got a really nice trail system. Wow. I i didn't know any of that. I'll have to try that sometime. It seems like fun. Yeah, yeah. I much prefer snowshoeing because uh, I just fall over on my skis. <laughs> I'm not a great skier, whether it's downhill skiing or cross-country skiing. So I've never really got into it, but it looks like a lot of fun. I have friends who love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, so the big one, the fun one, I don't know if it's fun or not, I guess, but in my memory. Um, So I came (coughs) to the university in the fall of 1987 uh, as a first-year student. I lived in Barisi. Oh, Barisi. I I live there now. Oh, cool. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. I was room 208. Uh, right on the end of the hall. Oh my God! I know. I know the girl who lives in that room now. <laughs> <laughs> my sister lived there three years before um, I arrived, and it's probably why I chose Barisi because I had been in the building. I'm like, oh, mm. we just. I know that building. I know where it is. Yeah. And and it's right next to the dining hall, right. which is really nice. It is. But when I was here, we had two dining halls. There was a dining hall also in the basement of the brick. Oh. So Powell Campus Center uh, wasn't built. There's a different building where Powell is today. What What would this building have been? So Powell Campus Center is the third building on the site. It was, uh, when I was here, it was called the Rogers Campus Center. Hmm. And so very similar um Things not uh, as far as activities, um, but there was no there was a cafe 
um, but there wasn't a full dining hall. Oh. Um, so, the, but there was a full dining hall in the basement of the brick. It's a leftover from eons ago, um, which we can get into in another podcast. <laughs> yes, that's that's a story <laughs> for another time, I'm sure. Um, so, so yeah, but yeah, living next to Bracy and being able to be right next to Aid, it was was really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so sometime before the semester was over. Um, some couple friends and I were going to go to a basketball game down in McLean Center. And we called it the Green Monster then. I know it's purple now. Um, <laughs> but that great staircase that, that goes down the hill to McLean Center. We walked out, and there, uh, as we were walking out, somebody was around the front door, maybe one of our RAs, which was unusual. Yeah. Um, and and we were told that if we left the building, we weren't going to be able to come back in. Oh. We're like, oh, why? Because our building, our doors were not, weren't, they weren't locked like they are today. Um, and so, you know, she's like, yeah, the doors are going to be locked and you're not going to be allowed to come back in. And we're like, what are you talking about? That's strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we stepped outside, we knew exactly why. Because there's this roar coming from Main Street. And I mean, like a crowd roar, and it was the annual snowball fight between Alfred State and Alfred University. Students. Annual snowball fight! Oh my God! So the first major snowstorm of the season was this. I don't know how long it had gone been going on for, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a thing, and I wanted no part of it. So I didn't see any part of it. <laughs> uh, we went to the we went to McLean, watched the basketball game. Um, but the next day, there was at least, I know one of the um, guys in my residence hall had a broken arm. Um, there are definitely bruises and stories of tussles and from a snowball fight. Yeah, it was more than just, you know, your typical fun snowball fight. It got pretty physical. Really? Yeah. Um, and... The re- there was a snowball policy um, also in effect, which if you were caught throwing a snowball, then you got in trouble. And the conduct system at the time was there were you could get a phase one or you could get a phase two. Yeah. And phase one were the more like the simple ones, like you throw a snowball, get caught drinking. Um, phase two were more extreme ones, and so I think you had to get two or three. I think maybe three phase ones equal to phase two um, Mm. before he had to go to a student conduct board. Um, But the policy had been put in effect from 1985 during this annual snowball fight. There was about $30,000 of damage done to university buildings. Wow. So snowballs didn't contain just snow. Unfortunately, a lot of them had ice and rocks in them. Oh, my God. And went through windows and just caused a lot of damage um, to the campus. But also, you know, they also don't mind students, you know, breaking their arm. Like yeah, the, that's the, not the guy, good. The, the guy that broke his arm is an artist, right? And so he had a cast <laughs> on his dominant hand. And so oh. for, you know, six weeks, he was hampered. In um, getting his his artwork done, um, so yeah, so the snowball policy was in effect for, I think until sometime into the early two thousands. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like one of those like Christmas movies where it's like <laughs> oh all presents banned, all fun banned, exactly, and stuff. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's what it felt like for for people when they would first hear it. They're like, what? Come on, what's the problem <laughs> in a snowball? 
But when there's hundreds of people at one point involved in a snowball fight, it turns out to be yeah. uh, not so good. Yeah. Sounds very chaotic. And yeah. $30,000 in what year was this? 1985. That's, that's a lot more than $30,000 today. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We'd like to spend that money in something other than replacing yeah. windows and fixing holes and things. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Wow. That's that's quite the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have the exact dates and like the policies and the archives if someone's ever actually interested in reading the, the policy and then the memo that came out saying, hey, you know, we no longer have a snowball policy. So mm. let's, ho- let's hope it, <laughs> we don't have a need for it to come back. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed for that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's really cool. And um, let's see. Um, are there any um, stories relating to the holidays of this time of year? One that I like to, um, <laughs> it's very heartwarming, is related to World War II. Uh, um, a student, his name was Edwin Gear, had graduated uh, in the early 40s, and he was a pilot. And during um, the time when Berlin got walled off, um, and they, we were doing, we collectively, like the Allied forces, of course, we're doing airdrops of food and supplies into Berlin for the residents. Yeah. So um, Eddie, uh, Edwin Gear, he went by Eddie, um, he solicited the campus to say, hey, my fellow students, you know, and faculty members, um, we're, we want to collect presents to be able to drop into Berlin during Christmas time mm. um, to give the kids a little bit of hope and a little bit of smile on their faces. So there was um, a drive on campus for gifts, uh, and then they got to gear, uh, and then they were part of the, um, the Berlin airdrop uh, around Christmas time. Really? Yeah. Oh, my yep. God. That's yep. awesome. And I, uh, 1940. I'm not sure if it was 44 or 45. Again, I have the information in the archives. But but those are just great heartwarming stories. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Super sweet. Exactly. Yeah. There's probably more, uh, you know, snow. A winter fest. We used to have a big winter fest. Really? Celebration. And winter festival, winter fest, been called, you know, a few different things. Um, there were some amazing, amazing snow sculptures. Uh, in the 1950s, the late really? 50s, um, and mostly done by well the fraternities and sororities when we had Greek houses, and so they are their houses were throughout the village, uh, and so they would like collect snow and probably bring snow plows in to make these massive piles. Oh my god! But, um, there'd be a theme, so it might be Disney characters or science fiction. Um, but the photos of these snow sculptures, you know, they would make them and then they would put water on them. So they would have like an ice crust. Mm, uh, some yeah. of them, I think, would have colored water to, you know, so if it's a uh, has a flag on it or it's a rocket ship to the moon, um, they might add a little bit of color. But I mean, I'm talking like 20 foot tall, you know, not wow. just a little nice little snowman. Yeah. Um, you know, or, uh, you know, President Lincoln in his chair, like at the Lincoln uh, Memorial. So, um, yeah, winter, fe- and there, you know, different winter carnival dances, but but the but the snow sculptures. That's so cool. Yeah, they are wow. amazing. I've never even heard about that. Do you? Um, are there any pictures or anything of that in the archives? Yes. yes really? Have them. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna have to show me sometime. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I, anyone is welcome to stop by, contact me, uh, learn more about any of this, and certainly. 
the so many other stories we have to tell related to the university and Alfred. Yeah, definitely. And um, so do you think uh, Winterfest it was called? Do you think that fell out because of the, the like, getting rid of the Greek houses and all that? No, Winterfest didn't have... Um, so the 1950 snow sculptures were definitely prominent with the fraternities and the sororities. Winterfest was... Um, you know, it was for everybody. Certainly the Greek houses might be the ones to put in a team if you're going to have a tobogganing team or oh, a, yeah. um, like a tug-of-war team or, you know, running through the snow where you strap your foot on uh, on the boards like it's a team kind of thing. So there were some events like that, like Winter Olympics maybe. Hmm. It was a little bit different each time depending on, you know, whoever organized it. Oh, yeah. Um, there were just too many years where the event was planned. You pick a weekend, you make all the the plans, uh, and then you have no snow. Oh. Right? And you really don't want to have Winterfest in the mud or yeah. the grass, and so you can't. So I think having it just feels like, it, you know, it just was a disappointment because it really wasn't, the weather didn't cooperate oh, necessarily. that really sucks. Yeah. yeah. Up, up here in... New York, you know the weather, it's always a gamble on what we're going to get. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we we can have 80-degree weather in February, it seems like. Yeah, and like two feet of snow in October. Exactly, <laughs> right, or in May. So, yeah. so it's, it's kind of hard to plan an event that's specific to, to the weather. Um, yeah, definitely. I like trying to make maple syrup, so the end of the winter, right? So this is always a great end of winter uh, is making maple syrup. Mm. And the um, outdoor club has a sugar shack on campus. And oh. so you tap, you know, they tap trees, collect the sap, boil it down, make maple syrup. Um, that's very weather dependent as well. So it depends on Mother Winter uh, and when she wants to thaw, when she wants to freeze, and when she wants to warm up. Um, but uh, yeah, making maple syrup is always a great end of winter. So there's activity. maple syrup being made on campus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sugar shack up in the parking lot of Joel's house. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, I was out on a hike, um, like, right early the semester, and I saw a bunch of, like, the treetop stuff. And yeah. I was wondering. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Yeah. So it's a, um, they're part of the outdoor club, but um, there's usually, like, a point person, you know, who maybe has done it at home, mm. makes the maple syrup at home, um, and enjoys doing it. And every maybe four years or so, I'll teach a class on maple syrup in the honors program. You will? Or they will? I do. You do. do? Yeah. yeah. I've taught it, I think, five times now. Really? Yeah. Oh, I have to take that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get back on the schedule and, and get it offered. It's not going to be this spring. Mm. Uh, it have to be the following spring because you can only do it in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, though. Um, and do they sell the maple syrup at all? or? Um, they don't usually make a, a lot, a lot. They don't have a big um, evaporator. But they do usually hold a couple of pancake breakfasts Oh, um, for people to come up, visit the Sugar Shack, get involved, volunteer if they want to, enjoy some pancakes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so cool. I didn't know any of that was a thing. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. It's it's hands-on. It's a way to get out. And you do end up trudging to the snow, generally, when you're tapping the trees, um, you know, and when you're collecting. Yeah. So... It's a winter sport. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could describe it that way, absolutely. <laughs> there, there's a lot of um, good good trees for maple syrup making up here. <laughs> yep, well, you only want sugar maples. Yeah, and did you know that um, this isn't Alfred, but Hornell is the maple city? It is. Yeah. It is. Yep. Yeah, go Hornell. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could talk maple syrup completely on a different topic, but or a different podcast. That'd be a good episode, yeah. yeah that would be fun. Yeah. Um, can you think of any other uh, winter-related Alfred things going on? Hmm. Mm, nothing's coming to mind, but I know as soon as I leave the studio, <laughs> I'm going to think about six different stories I wish I had brought up. Yeah, that's when, that's when you remember everything. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, um, just today when I was walking here to record, um, I, I walked by this, um, it was like a food truck trailer thing set up on Academic Alley, and um, Mark Zupan and a couple other people were handing out cookies and cocoa and stuff, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, aren't there now a few, um, like, the outdoor fire pits that they've put outside? Um, I there, haven't like in front seen of the link. Any. Is there one in front of the link? There's, or Connors Hall. Yeah, there's one in front of the link, and I think there is something on like the patio of Powell over there. Um, I've only seen them go a couple times. Okay. I haven't seen anything in the winter yet. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is just fun, you know. Times to you know, yeah, it's cold, but you know, to sit outside and tell your stories and relax. Yeah, and it's look at the stars. And the the first time I ever saw the Northern Lights. I think was my first year, so it would have been the winter of 1987. And I was walking, it would have been somewhere around the King Alfred, the King Alfred statue wasn't there um, at that point. Mm-hmm. But I was walking in the area about, uh, sort of in the quad, and the sky was this amazing purple. Oh. And it was, I, you know, I had no idea what was going on. Um, you know, the, sort of the fluctuating colors a little bit. It really was just a, a purple, maybe a deep pink. You know how the colors can kind of shift a little bit and do those waves. But, um, I, yeah, those are just, I have some very specific, of course, vivid memories of, of experiences um, from college. Yeah. I have a lot I'm, you know, I've probably intentionally blanked out. But I, mean, I love <laughs> my time here. absolutely love my time here. I just, this like, last weekend I was in the Boston area. Um, with a bunch of my Alfred College friends, and we really? try curly. We always get together for the Army Navy game, and we mm. all go camping in the summer. But um, I have a very solid group of Alfred alums, and so of course we're always telling stories of different escapades during our years here. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's really nice. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's all for the episode. Um, thank, thanks everyone for uh, listening to us ramble on about Alfred. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you found it all interesting. Um, uh, Thank you, Lori, for uh, coming to talk to me. Um, I had a great time, and I hope you did too. Yeah, thanks for asking me. And I wish everyone a um, wonderful Christmas break. Bye.